Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Listen to the Inside Carolina postgame podcast sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt. Got Dewey Burt with me. Dewey, I feel like I've seen this play before. Carolina loses to Florida State 65-59 in a game that, was quite ugly overall. Carolina had some nice moments, just couldn't get it done against the Seminoles, losing by six down in Tallahassee. Yeah, that's right. I feel bad for the guys because their their limits offensively really showed in a game where they played hard by and large, and they got some good stops, especially played well defensively in the first half, got an eight-point lead, and then had a really bad stretch to close the half. And uh, just went through that awful stretch in the second half where they flat out couldn't score the basketball, whatever it was. We missed 20 shots in a row. It felt like 50, but uh, unfortunately just not enough ways for us to score to, to get that one on the road. It was a winnable game. Indeed a winnable game. Uh, Looking at some stats, Cole Anthony, five for 22, three for 10, did have eight rebounds and 37 minutes, 16 points. Uh, Probably the thing that stood out the most and it's really not surprising against Florida State's bigs, even though I don't think they have a dominant big like they have in the past, is Baycott and Brooks combined for 11 points and 10 rebounds. Definitely not what Carolina has to get from those two to beat a team like Florida State. No, that's right. And now it's been two games with Cole back that those guys have struggled to find their way within the offense. I think that Armando, at a lot of times tonight, looked like a freshman. You know, he was – Overmass, overpowered, got the ball taken from him, which has happened at times this year. And Garrison didn't seem to have the same level of intensity on the offensive end, uh, really, really hunting his own and, and trying to get the ball in the basket, almost will the ball in the basket, which he did a lot for us when Cole was out. So we got to figure out a way to get a little bit more balance. It's just hard because so many possessions end with Cole with the ball in his hands with seven seconds on the shot clock. And it's like, here go figure it out. And it's not really fair to him. And, and when you play someone in that, posi- uh, that position over and over and over, that's how you end up five for 22. Now, some of those I think he could have made, uh, but I also think the guy was exhausted by, you know, by 12 minutes to go in the game. Remember he hasn't been playing for six weeks. There's no way you can simulate game conditioning. And so the bigs haven't helped him a ton. Uh, they didn't get as many touches as they're used to getting. It's just our offense lacks flow and, obviously just flat couldn't put it in the basket and even then we were still in it with a small chance to win at the end just just couldn't put it in the basket simple as that I think the game and you mentioned building an eight-point lead the game definitely turned the last two two and a half minutes of the first half um, coach Williams made some substitutions there that um, you know looking back at it or looking at it as it happened sort of were like, what? what is he doing type moments. But what did you see there? I mean, Carolina just 
did what they've done a lot this year. They they play well enough to get a nice lead, and then they just go in the tank for two or three minutes straight, and Florida State goes on that 9-0 run. I think that was the ball game. Even though we can talk about the second half more, that was the ball game to me. That was a huge stretch, and you never want to rag on individuals or especially be tough on freshmen that have had such injury battles like Francis has, but he gave us really bad minutes when he came in. And assuming that's what you're referring to, when Coach put him in for a stretch to buy some guys a blow and also a chance to get Cole at the two because he was rolling in the first half and scoring the ball. And Jeremiah's minutes were just awful. Unfortunately, he panicked on one drive and just threw it up against the backboard. He missed an open shot. He allowed two direct drives defensively. And, uh, you know, it went from an eight-point lead to a one-point deficit. Justin had a shot during that stretch, a pretty open three that we really could have used. It was five or six empty possessions in a row that let them right back into the game. They go into halftime with momentum. And even though in the second half we came out and got a lead of three or four, whatever it was, you could feel a shift at that point. And unfortunately, it didn't get any better for us offensively, obviously, with that big that big drought. So uh, I'm sure people will question coaches' substitution patterns and everything, but Francis has given us good minutes at times this year, and we needed better out of him in that stretch. Yeah, Cole plays 37 minutes, which is just incredible. Francis had those three, but I think they were actually on the court together during they that were, stretch. Yeah. But it just a, a a bad everything that could go wrong did go wrong for Carolina during that stretch. Florida State got back in it to take that one point lead. I'm gonna talk about Johnny T-shirt right fast. Of course, great sponsors of this podcast, great sponsors of Inside Carolina, and they certainly have all the Carolina gear you could ever need. You got uh, the signing day party, Inside Carolina signing day party over at Hickory Tavern in Carver on Wednesday. Johnny T-shirt will be there in full with plenty of giveaways. If you can't make it there, go see him on Franklin Street and check him check him out online, johnnytshirt.com. And, of course, if you're Inside Carolina Premium subscriber, you get 10% off every order online and in person. And, again, if you're around Chapel Hill, Carver area on Wednesday, stop by Hickory Tavern, give Buck a heads up, let him know you're going to be there so we can plan accordingly, and Johnny T-shirt will have a lot of swag at Hickory Tavern in Carborough for the Inside Carolina Faithful. Dewey, let's talk about this stretch, this 11-minute stretch without making a basket. I, I mean, I don't know if I've seen that too many times ever, and certainly not from a North Carolina team. I know that this team is challenged, but I just don't think they're as bad as they've played this season. I mean, they're a few breaks and a couple injuries away from being – 16 and 5, 15 and 6 type team, but then they go 11 minutes against Florida State and simply can't put it in the basket. What is going on? Yes, it's just nothing is easy. You know, in the first half, we got a couple stops. We got out in transition. You could feel the difference of having a Cole Anthony just, just simply as it relates to pace and the way he moved the ball up the court, was able to get below the free throw line with his penetration. And the second half, everything stagnated. We still got the stops because it's not like Florida State ran away with it. You know, during the most of that stretch, we were down, you know, three, then four, then six. It wasn't like we went down twenty, but we struggle to create anything in the half court offense. We don't screen well. Coaches over there 
literally coaching movement, yelling for guys to cut and move because they stop and stare at Cole. I don't know why that is. I mean, I, I understand how good of a player he is and how talented he is. I'm certain they're not doing that in practice. So I don't know if it was the environment, being on the road or what, but we didn't screen well. We didn't move well. We didn't create opportunities for others well. And like we talked about before, then there's seven, six, four seconds on the shot clock, and we just throw it to Cole and say, help, help us make a play. And it's just completely unfair for him. Now, did he turn the ball over some? Sure. Did he make some bad decisions? Sure. But he's, he's trying to force the issue, trying to create something on so many of these possessions that we just don't help them. They were switching everything, switching high ball screens. They're bigs, at least the, the guys that aren't, you know, seven footers, moved pretty well. They did a nice job handling Cole on switches, and we just could not create anything but a contested look with less than five seconds on the shot clock. Yeah, and, and that's what's a little bit of, I don't know, mind-boggling. I've used that word a lot. This, this season is when he wasn't out there, and they had that nice stretch, I think I tweeted, best four-minute stretch they've had since the Bahamas, and he wasn't out there, guys are moving Guys are, are being quick off the ball, getting into open spots, and then when he's out there, they just they freeze up. I, it, it is... I don't, and, and it wasn't like we were turning it over, right? I think we only had nine turnovers in the whole game, and Cole had three or four of them. So the rest of the team combined had five turnovers. I don't know why we just stagnate. It's a very strange – it's a strange thing because, like you said, before Cole came back the last couple games, the ball moved crisply, and he's a willing passer. I mean, I know he dominates the ball and, and dribbles a lot, but when guys are open, he moves the ball. He doesn't look guys off. It's, they stop moving, and it's not everybody else's fault. It's, it's partly Cole and partly everybody else, but I don't understand that. It's, and, again, it's not that we were turning the ball over. We were just getting horribly contested shots every possession. Yeah, I, I just don't – I don't get it. I, I do not get it, and they'll need to figure it out because Duke's around the corner. That would certainly be a tough one. Let's talk about a couple players. Leaky Black, I thought there for a stretch or two, he looked like he could really affect the game, and he made some strong moves. He still got to get stronger at the rim, all that stuff. And the one thing he did that I did not like was there at the end, um, he gave, he let the guy have a dunk. That guy's got to be shooting foul shots, in my opinion. Of course, I'm a little bit old school there towards the very end of the game but he made a couple shots and banged a couple shots in there and had a nice steal that's another guy that is just I mean what have you seen from him this season other than just the uh, you know every night out it's inconsistency and it's not game to game it's it just leaves you wanting more right Uh, everybody everybody who watches Leaky says wow look at the frame look at the length look at the natural ability he glides around the court he just leaves you wanting more you know, it's he's less explosive than I think we all thought he was. And I don't know if that's injury related or that's how he's always been. You know, I'm not one that watches the guys when they play in high school. But just leaves you wanting more. You feel like he's oozing with potential and he is still young and didn't play much last year. So maybe he gets it later in his career. But it just feels like there's so much more there then you get, and he shows these flashes, whether it's at the rim. Defensively, he's been pretty good. I thought he was good tonight. But on the offensive end, he's got so much size and ball handling capability and should have good vision and and has shown the ability to make an outside shot or two. But he just, I don't know what else to say other than leaves you wanting more. 
Yeah, I, I think it's injury-related. I think if he gets fully healthy, but he, he's never going to be the most aggressive guy, and I've said it all year, too. When he gets a smaller guy on him, he's got to go post up. Florida State did that a couple times with Keeling being a victim of that, and I think maybe Cole being a victim of that one or two times. But he, he gets into – Leaky gets into passing lanes. He can make a difference on the floor if he can just get it figured out and get it all together. Maybe he'll be a guy like – of Bryce Johnson, Kennedy Meeks, that we say he is what he is for three years and then something clicks and he's a lot better than he ever has been. Carolina certainly will need him in the future. Uh, your thoughts on Christian Keeling's play? And I'm sort of picking, but he had 14 points, 5 of 10 shooting. I thought he looked somewhat comfortable out there. He did not look happy to be sitting late. Um, and I, and I kind of like seeing that a little bit. Um, simply because he wanted it, and he hasn't really wanted to take that shot all year. He took 10 shots tonight, which I would wager is his season high or close to it, making five of them for 14 points. But I thought he, along with Cole, was probably the most aggressive player on the floor for us. He he at least tried to take the fight to Florida State. He was willing to penetrate. He was willing to put his body on the line, willing to take big shots. I thought at times, guys that are supposed to be shooters for us, Andrew Playtech, Justin Pierce, passed up open looks that they could have taken. And the problem with that, when you're in an offense that struggles to get good looks, when you get one and you don't take it, when your teammates expect you to take it, then the defense resets, and now you're back in five-on-five. Five. We've talked a lot on this podcast about Coach Williams. One of his favorite adages is give the defense a chance to screw it up. And when you unpack that, what he means is if you set one great screen, that defender is then a little bit behind the person you screened for. Then the next great screen, the defender is that much more behind. Then the next great cut or great pass causes them to be milliseconds behind. And you add all those up, and then defense makes a true mistake, and you get a good look. Well, when you work the ball around for 25 seconds and you kick it to a shooter who should be prepared to catch and shoot, and they don't shoot it, all the mistakes that you caused the defense to make by screening and cutting and moving and penetrating are washed away. And then we're back where we, we, we talked again, and Cole's got the ball with seven seconds. So I, as it relates to Christian, I thought he was a willing shooter, was ready when the ball arrived to him, caught and let it fly, and was willing to put his body on the line, penetrating to the rim as someone other than Cole who was trying to make things happen, trying to create. So for me – can't remember all the games early on and how he played, but for me tonight was his best game in that uniform. Yeah, I thought he looked aggressive. He he shot a couple times, maybe rushed a couple, but certainly um, looked like a guy that could score some points for Carolina. Like I said, 14 points on 5 of 10 shooting. Carolina's what, 10, 10 and 12 now, 3 and 8 in the conference, Duke looming. Uh, what goes on the rest of this week with Duke game coming up, Dewey? Well, they're, I would imagine having a couple of days off, trying to get healthy. You know, I heard the announcer say B-Rob could be out a couple of weeks, which is obviously devastating because we could have used him. And he's probably able to make a shot or two during that stretch in the second half where we went ice cold. But they can get healthy. I can't imagine Cole is going to feel very good after that game, after how, how many minutes he played and got physically beaten up. Refs didn't give him uh, much love, certainly not there at the end. And, uh, you know, we're still banged up. 
So guys need to get healthy. And as we always say, you throw the records out, you throw the rankings out for that game on Saturday. And we really need the Smith Center to try to help these boys along, especially with how they can go through stretches where they just struggle to score the ball. Duke is beatable. They're not as anywhere close to as good as they were last year from a talent perspective, from a, a depth perspective. So they're, they're beatable if we play better than we've been playing. Uh, but the ball's got to go in the basket. I mean, as simple as that. Hopefully at home in the friendly confines we have a little bit better shooting night and don't go so cold and maybe we can get a shot at it. But I expect Cole to play great. He's going to, if everybody thinks, going to go pro after this year, this is his one home Duke game. He gets one. And I hope he has the opportunity to play great. hope his teammates are there to help him, ready to shoot, and let's try to have less possessions where he has the ball with single-digit on the shot clock trying to figure something out uh, just because it's such a difficult spot to be in over and over again. Indeed. Carolina Falls at Florida State, 65-59, 8-10 overall, 3-8, or excuse me, 10-12 overall, 3-8 in the conference with Duke coming up this weekend. Dewey, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, Tommy. Sorry for the audio, everybody. I'm on the road, but hopefully it came through. On the road, but still kicking out content. We appreciate it, and we appreciate everybody listening to the Inside Carolina postgame podcast sponsored by johnnytshirt.com. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Hey everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show, coming out every Thursday. We're going to be talking about the uh, election, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? Listen to The Weekly Show with John Stewart on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.